This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. Thanks for joining me this Wednesday. I've got another hour of crime stories for you this week, beginning with Richard Diamond, private detective. We'll hear The Blind Man and the Cop Killer from February 26, 1950. After that, it's Barry Craig, confidential investigator and a very odd job. His story from January 30th, 1952. The National Broadcasting Company presents Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Before I was a private detective, I was a cop. Homicide. Working out of the 5th Precinct. Homicide means murder. And there are a lot more murders committed in the big city than you think. More than make the headlines in the newspapers. And for everyone, there's the same impersonal routine. The same hard work. The same check and double check. With every cop in or out of uniform doing his best to put the case in the closed file. But there's one kind of murder that will really tear the department to pieces... And that's when a cop is killed in line of duty. Here's another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, if your husband's dead and you pull the trigger, Diamond will help, but the fee is bigger. Hello? Rick, what can I say? Hello. Hello. Oh, no, that's nice. Now try Hello, Rick. Hello, Rick. Oh, dandy. Call back tomorrow and we'll start on Hello, Rick. This is Helen. Oh, you idiot. Hi, baby. Hi. What's doing? Oh, I was just a little lonesome. Wanted to know if you were coming by tonight. Oh, you know it. Should be there around 8. How about a little... Hey, Rick, what's that siren? Is there a fire? Hmm, could be. Sounds like it's pulling right up here in front of my building. Wait a minute. I'll open the window. Honey, if this building caught on fire, I'd be Mr. Unquintine of 1950. Well, what is it? Hmm, ambulance. Oh. Oh, and here comes a prowl car. Must be a traffic accident or something. Well, thank goodness. Well, somebody probably playing in the traffic. Oh, Rick. Okay, okay. Some guy forgot to step down getting into his new Hudson. (laughs) You know, I make remarks like that. I'm not trying to be... Oh, wait a minute. No combination, friend. Just turn the little old knob and push. Who is it? Somebody at the door. Well, Pop. What? Pop Scholes. Oh, the nice old blind man who sells pencils on the corner. Yeah. Hello, Pop. Hey, please, Mr. Diamond, I've got to talk to you. I ain't got much time. What does he want, Rick? Oh, to talk to me. I'll call you back, dear. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Diamond. Well, not at all, Pop. Not at all. What can I do for you? I can't stay long. I have to hurry, but... I was wondering if you'd come to my place later on. It's pretty important. How important, Bob? I can't explain now, but I got a big trouble. I I sure could use some help for old time's sake. Sure, for old time's sake. Where do you live, Pop? Little shack on the waterfront, end of River Street, 622 and a half. When do you want me to come down? About an hour. Uh, I got to be going now. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, Pop. Yeah, let me give you a hand. Thanks. I, I could make it with this stick, but it takes time. I ain't got a lot of that. Now, there you are, Pop. See you in an hour. Thanks, Mr. Diamond. Name's Rick. Okay. See you in an hour, Rick. Hmm. Miss Asher's resident. Oh, uh, hello, Francis. Mr. Diamond. Oh, yes, sir. I'll call Miss Asher right away. Thank you. Rick. What? Oh, Walt. Yeah, mind if I sit down? No. What are you doing down here? Hello, Rick. Uh, hold the phone, honey. Came down on a homicide. Homicide? Oh, that squad car right in front of the... Right in front of your building, yes. Shooting. Well, what are you doing up here? I'd done all I could down there. Rick! Uh, just a minute, baby. Thought you might want to hear about it. Bill Walton. What? Friend of yours, wasn't he? Yeah, a darn good one. Hello, Rick. Somebody put three slugs in him. Talking. What's going on? Oh, I'll call you back, baby. What? Helen? Yeah. You know, I worked with Bill on robbery for three years. 
Got any idea who did it? He left the robbery detail two years ago. Been with the narcotics division. Haven't checked with them yet, but he might have been working on something. Might give us a lead. You want to go down to the station with me? Yeah, I'd like to. Okay. I've got some witnesses to the shooting. They'll be down there for statements. Bill's got a wife and three kids. Yeah. Well, aren't you going to lock the office? For what? Even the termites gag on the furniture. Let's go. Well, that's the way a quiet day could work, work itself into a lot of trouble. And like always, if trouble's around, yours truly is bound to get a chunk of it. Walt and I went downstairs, climbed into the prowl car, and ten minutes later we were walking into the squad room of the 5th Precinct Police Station. The first thing I saw was the zoo's best argument for not taking in boarders. Uh, Lieutenant, I got statements from all the witnesses. You want to talk to him? No, he thought he'd read their palms, Sergeant. Oh, Lieutenant, what did you have to bring the shamus along for? Just relax, Otis, and Rick, you lay off him. Well, I wouldn't needle him if he'd just stop that terrible habit. What habit? Living. Oh. Come on, Rick. Oh, look at that, Walt. Four heads and they all need haircuts. Come on, Rick. Come on. This is a swell time to make jokes. Can you think of a better time? Okay, okay, okay. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Send in the first one. Then check with narcotics and see what Bill Walton was working on. Right. Boy, I hate things like this. What about his family? Oh, I know all of them. I guess I'll have to go over and tell them. First one, Lieutenant. Uh, Arthur Phillips. Go on in. Uh, come in, Mr. Phillips. Oh. Have a chair. Yes, okay. Uh, look, I don't know much about this thing. Mr. I was Diamond, just on... Mr. Phillips. How are you? Uh, how do you do? As I was saying, you I don't... You saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Yes, yes, I saw it. It all happened so fast that I don't think I can really be... What much... were you doing when you saw the killing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, walking. But I walking didn't see... Walking where, Mr. Phillips? Uh, up the street to my office. Oh, look, I, I gave your sergeant my statement. You'll find it What's all in order. What's your business, Mr. Phillips? Insurance. Liberty Insurance Company, 41st and Broadway. You saw Officer Walton killed? I saw a man. His name, I, I didn't know he was killed. You heard the shots? Well, yes, but it was all so fast. Just I... what did you see? Well, like I said, I, I was walking down the street. To work? Uh, yes, Liberty Insurance We've Company. We've got that. Uh, oh, yes. You were walking? Uh, yes, and, and I, I heard this noise. The shots? Yes, but I didn't know it at the time. It was just a loud noise, but it made me jump, and I looked. You just jumped, Mr. Yes, yes, yeah, well, then I saw this guy grab his stomach and fall flat on his face, and then I saw the guy with the gun. What did the guy uh, with the gun look like, Mr. Uh, Phillips? Well, it all happened so fast. Sergeant Otis showed you our rogues gallery. Did you see anybody who looked like him? No, 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 I didn't see anybody who looked like him. I didn't get a good look at his face. How tall was he? Uh, uh, tall. Like six feet? Yes, or close. What was he wearing, Mr. Phillips? Uh, brown suit and a uh, hat, brown hat. Stocky? Well-built? Uh, yes. Anything else, Mr. Phillips? Uh, yeah, no, no, Thank that's you, Mr. All. Phillips. We may want to talk to you again. Don't leave town on a business trip or anything. Oh, I, I can go? Good day, Mr. Phillips. Thank you again. Oh, any time. Oh, uh, if you ever need any insurance, Lieutenant. Uh, Liberty, Liberty insurance, insurance Company, uh, I'll remember. Yeah, well, so long. Cigarette? Thanks. We still work pretty well together, Rick. Why don't you come back on the force? Uh, Lieutenant. There's your answer, Walt. What is it, Hammerhead? Well, I, uh, I went over and talked to Fisher. He told me Bill Walton was working on a narcotics case, but he had no leads. Stuff's been flooding the city. Bill must have picked up a lead and got shot for it. Well, that's all, Otis. Mm, Fisher doesn't know anything else. Uh, Walton just started on the job. You got some more witnesses? Uh, yeah, a lady, uh, Mrs. Margaret Walker. Okay, you can come in. Thank oh, you. Come in, Mrs. Walker. Take yes. a chair. Thank you. Anything else? No. This is Mr. Diamond, Mrs. Walker. How do you do? How do you do, Mrs. Walker? Do you work, Mrs. Walker? All the time. I'm a housewife. You saw the officer killed? Oh, yes, but I didn't know it was an officer. He wasn't in uniform, you know. Would you mind telling us just exactly what you saw? Well, it all happened so fast. I was standing on the corner and uh, just... What corner, Mrs. Walker? Why, the corner where the poor man got shot, of course. 51st and Broadway. Just standing, Mrs. Walker? Young man, the traffic was very heavy. I was waiting for the signal. Sorry, I just want you to understand, I don't usually just stand around on street corners. Go ahead, Mrs. Walker. <clears throat> well, I was standing there and I noticed an old man selling pencils. An going... old man? Yes, he was blind. Hey, Pop Scholes did time about 15 years ago for peddling uh, junk. I... Yeah, that's right, he did. <laughs> I don't know what all this talk is about, but if you don't want to hear my story, oh, I'm I'll... sorry, Mrs. Walker. Of course we want to hear your story. Please go ahead. Look, well, Walt, I... I, I just remembered something. I was supposed to see a client in an hour, and the hour's just about up. What? I'm sorry, Walt, but this is business. Now, you wait a minute. I... I'll talk to you later. Well, 
I never. Now, that's only because you don't have any friends named Diamond. All right, Mrs. Walker. Go on with your story. I went out of that station like Noor in the stretch. The minute the little old lady had mentioned a blind beggar, I remembered Pop Scholes in my office, and I grew the biggest hunch of my career. Something had really been bothering Pop, and a cop killing could have been it. I grabbed a cab, and 20 minutes later, I was standing in front of an old weather-beaten shack at the end of River Street. Is it? Diamond. Oh, wait a second. Am I late? Uh, look, Mr. Diamond. Uh, Rick. Yeah. Uh, look, Rick, I'm sorry you came all the way down here, but, well, I... You think... wanted some help, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. Hmm, you did. Well, you could at least ask me in. Oh, oh sure, sure. I I'm sorry, but, you see, I don't need no help now. No? Well, you seemed pretty worried about something when you came up to my office an hour ago. Well, I was, but it's all straightened out now. Is that right? Hmm. Hey, uh, I didn't know you smoked cigars, Pop. What? One in your ashtray here. Pretty expensive for you, Pop. Oh. Well, you see, I, uh, I, I kind of splurge now and then. Come on, Pop. Somebody been here and changed your mind about talking to me? No, that's my cigar. What makes you say a thing like that? There was a cop killed right in front of you today, Pop. A good friend of mine. What's that got to do with me? I'm going straight. He was after somebody who's been peddling junk. I don't touch this stuff anymore. I don't go near it. Don't you, Pop? No, I put it down 15 years ago. You did time for it, too. Sure, and lost my eyes in stir. You think I want to go back to that? You think I'm a fool? There's a car pulling up out in front. That should be the law. I didn't do nothing. I swear I didn't. Better tell me quick. Who's throwing his weight around, Pop? I had nothing to do with that cop killing. I'm clean. You can't prove a thing. Come on, open up. It's the police. You're sure you don't want to tell me anything? No, I got nothing open to up, tell. Open up, Bust it in, Pop. Come on in. It's open. Okay, Pop. You're coming. I hey. might have known it. Why didn't you wait for me, Rick? Oh, believe me, Walt. I had an appointment with Pop. That's right, Lieutenant. He did. Oh, sure. Talk over old times, huh? Otis, take Pop out to the car. Come on, Pop. Sorry I got you in trouble, Rick. Forget it. Ah, just what have you two been stewing up? What did he tell you? He was showing me how to throw darts in the dark. Oh, that's a pretty bad one. Yeah. What did Mrs. Walker tell you about, Pop? I don't know why I should tell you. Well, don't be so grouchy. I've just been trying to find the guy who killed Bill. Pop's had it pretty tough already. I thought maybe I could make it easier than having you third degree him all over the office. Well, you sound like I'm going to use a hose on him. But the way you're burning up, you'll probably hit him with Sergeant Otis. No, I'm going home. Now, wait a minute. What for? What, you blow up like Old Faithful? Mrs. Walker told me she saw some guy walk up to Pop like he was going to buy some pencils. Then another man busted through the crowd. That was Bill. He grabbed this guy with Pop. The guy pulled a gun and shot Bill, and then he beat it. Mm. Did Mrs. Walker give you a description of the killer? Sure. Short, dark, just the opposite of the one the insurance man gave us. The only thing that fits, they both said the killer wore a hat. Oh, dandy. Uh, where are you going? Now, back to my office. Pop knows something, Walt. Don't work on him too hard. Okay. Now, uh, been over to Bill's family yet? Right after I get through with Pop. Oh, I'm sorry I got sore. So we all get sore. So what? I'll give you a call. I got back in my cab and headed for the office. On the way over, I kept trying to reason it out. Somehow Pop was mixed up in this thing, and he was scared stiff of something or somebody. I paid the cabbie off in front of the building and took the elevator up to my floor. I headed down the hall to my office, still thinking, still trying to put two and two together. That was a mistake I never could add. When I walked in, I was too busy to notice much. All I got was a whiff of cigar smoke. You fall easy, Shamus. Now let's see how you bruise. I left a note for you. Read it when you wake up. Everything about a beating like that is so unpleasant. The first swat isn't so bad. It's hitting that cold floor and fighting to stay awake. 
When you start getting kicked around, that's the time to face facts and give it up. But you don't. You keep on working until your senses get kicked loose and the world comes down around your ears. You fight it because you think maybe you're not ever going to wake up again, and when you finally do, you wish you never had. Anyway, like I said, it's so unpleasant. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. <sighs> oh, well, that lamp was pretty silly anyway. All right, all right. Don't jump, but you're talking to a ghost. Rick? At the sound of the groan... What's the matter the... with you? Oh, that's a pretty good question. I don't know how to answer it without a head. What happened? Somebody worked me over. Oh, and how they worked me over. You want me to send an ambulance? No, just a shovel. Hmm, what's this? What's what? There's something in the typewriter here. A note. Oh, well, I put my eyes in straight. Now, Rick, if you're hurt badly... Oh, I'm, I'm not hurt that bad, Walt. Well, what about this note? Hmm says, uh, lay off the cop killing. That's all. Oh, and, uh, yeah, look at this. Find something else? A souvenir. Butt of a cigar in my ashtray. There was one just like it in Pop's place. Well, hang on to it. All right, sure. What about Pop? Won't tell us a thing. Well, I'm getting sick and tired of this. Now, I got an idea. Wait ten minutes and then take Pop back to his house. Look, Rick, if somebody knows you're working on this thing, they must have found out when you went to see Pop. Probably spotted you going in. They certainly must know that we picked up Pop, and if they think he told us anything, they'll sure try to get him. I know it, I know it, I know it. Now, you drive Pop home, pretend to leave, but don't. And what'll you be doing? I'll be inside when he walks through the door. Okay, but I hope you know what you're doing. So do I. Ten minutes, Walt. Okay, Pop, here you are. Thanks for driving me home, Lieutenant. That's okay. Good night, Pop. Good night, Lieutenant. Who's in here? Who is it? Chick! I know you're here. I can smell your cigar smoke. Chick, please, I didn't tell the law a thing. Chick, say something. Honest, I didn't crack. Look, look, if you want to get rid of me, okay, but not the girl. Please, I swear I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm an old guy. Go ahead, knock me off, but don't do anything to the girl. Please, Chick, I'll peddle your stuff for the rest of my life if you leave the girl alone. Chick! Relax, Pop. What? You're not... No, Pop. Diamond. Didn't like to do it this way, Pop. But that cigar. The guy who saw you earlier came up to see me. Left me a cigar, too, along with a few bruises. Well, you just about know everything. Who's the girl you're protecting? Pop? I can't tell you that. Who's Chick? I can't tell you anything. Look, Pop, a cop's been killed. A great guy with a wife and kids. Now tell me, who's Chick? I ain't gonna say anything. If the girl is a reason you won't talk, Pop, I'll find her. And if it's the last thing I ever do, I'll make you both sweat. Well, I'm on my way. Wait a minute, Rick. All right. Go on. Okay. If you give me a word, you won't say nothing about what I'm going to tell you. I give you my word about nothing yet, Pop. Now tell me, and if I think it should be kept quiet, that's the way it'll be. I got a daughter, Rick. What? That's right. Right after I went to stir, my wife had a baby. My wife died, and the kid went to live with relatives. Rich relatives. She's getting a good home and good schools. She doesn't know about you? Panhandling, no. She don't know about me, and she ain't going to. Go on. Only one guy knew about her. My ex-partner, Chick Russo. He got away when they picked me up, and after 15 years, he comes back operating again. The guy with the cigar, huh? Yeah. Hmm. How did you figure? The stuff was in the pencils. He delivered it to me, and I'd pass it. Why would you pass it? Chick had me over a barrel. He told me if I didn't play along with him, he'd tell my daughter who her father was. I'd do anything to keep from ruining her life. Now, what about Bill Walton? Well, he, he was going to grab Chick, but Chick shot him. That's why I came to see you. I didn't want no part of a cop killing, but I couldn't say anything then because I had this stuff on me and I wanted to dump it. I didn't want to go back to stir. Then Chick came to see you here, huh? Threatened you. Told you to keep your mouth shut? Yes. Told me in plain words that if I cracked, he'd kill my little girl and me. That's why I froze on you. You going to say anything? About your daughter? No, Pop. Oh, thanks, Rick. 
No, I don't care what happens. Well, I do. This guy's still loose, and he's done a killing. I want him. I don't know where you can find him. He never said... Well, maybe I can find him. Take off your clothes, Pop. Take off my clothes? Yep, you're going to get yourself a new suit. I'm going out and see Lieutenant Levinson. I'll be right back. You sure you know what you're doing? No, but why spoil a good surprise? Rick. Where are you, Walt? Over here by the pier. What's that with you? That's Otis. Well, tell him to hide his tail. Some guy from Oklahoma's liable to shoot him. Oh, that's very funny. Shut up, Otis. Okay. Seen anything, Walt? Uh, very quiet. Now, look. Here's the idea. I'm going down to 51st and Broadway and stand with Pop's clothes and dark glasses on. You're what? From what Pop told me, Chick Russo will certainly try and get him. Chick Russo? Are you crazy? He's been out of circulation for 15 years. Well, I got a big flash for you. He's back. But at 51st and Broadway, I can't give you any protection. Russo could step out of the crowd and that's the end of it. Well, I'm counting on one thing. That he thinks I'm Pop. He knows Pop's blind, so he'll get in close to do it. Maybe even with a knife. You're crazy. Walt, Walt, not in front of Otis. Oh, that's all right, then. Now, I'm going down to change clothes. And then you, Walt, drive me to the corner, let me off. Then beat it. <laughs> I left Walt then and went back to Pop's shack. We did a quick switch, and finally the dapper Richard Diamond stepped out complete with torn trousers, sweatshirt, and sneakers. I carried his cane with a white tip and kept his old hat pulled down over the dark glasses. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, he looks just like the old man. Now, let's go, Walt. Otis, you stay here with Pop just in case our pigeon doesn't go for the bait. Oh, Lieutenant, can I... Otis... Okay. Don't look so unhappy, Otis. Who knows? Maybe I'll get shot. Oh, I gotta miss everything. Isn't he a dream? Okay, here you are, Rick. Thanks, Walt. Say goodnight, Pop, real loud. Okay. Uh, good night, Pop. Sorry if we caused you any trouble. Oh, that's all right, Lieutenant. Thanks for the lift. Here you are, my good man. Bless you. Piker. Well, I stood there for two hours, getting a few dimes and selling a couple of pencils, but nothing happened. Now and then I'd pull my arm down against my side and feel a nice little 38 in the shoulder holster. I kept moving from one foot to another to keep my legs from going to sleep. I was getting a first-hand example of the tough roll poor old Pop had to hold. By 10.30, I was ready to give it up. Then I spotted the cigar. Bless you. For what, Pop? Cops driving you to work now, huh? That's enough. I'll take your arm and you start walking. I'll lead you. Chick! Chick, is that you? Shut up. Walk. All right, we're going in the building. Down in the basement for a little talk. And that's just what we did. Chick held onto my arm and led me into my own building and down into the basement. I could have taken him right there, but I kept remembering Bill Walton. So I let it go until just the right time. Okay, Pop. You know what's coming. Yeah, Chick. I know what's coming. Don't act much scared. I guess it ain't so tough for a blind man. You can't see it coming. You'd be surprised what I can see. <laughs> what did I tell you? Busted my arm. You hit me with that cane like you could see you hit me. You go for that gun, I'll break your fat skull. You ain't Pop. No, Buster. I'm the fellow you gave the bruises to. Just returning the favor. Boy, you dirty... Don't do it! Pop a spank. My shoulder. All right. Now, let's go back up where we can find a cop. Oh, no. You're not gonna take me. Come back here, Russo. Stop, Russo! I've got a gun! Nuts to you, Shamus! Skeptic. Oh, 
don't know. Yes, he's right here. Rick, it's Walt. Oh. Oh, did she fool wrong? Mr. Diamond Valley dead. Now, you stop that. I just had a long talk with Pop. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he said absolutely nothing. I still don't know where he figures in this thing. Would you mind telling me? Walt, anything Pop did was under duress. If it was illegal, I want to know about it. Yeah, and if it was illegal, Pop would stand a good chance going back to prison. He might. You better let the law decide that. You haven't got any proof. How could I? Everybody's dead, except you and Pop. Pop won't say anything? Not yet, he won't. Walt. Yeah? Die. Now, you wait... What in the world was that all about? Oh, that Walt. When he dies, he'll have the penal code written on his headstone. <laughs> but he's a good cop. And there he is again. I can't stand to let a phone ring. Oh, you'll get tired. Rick, I'll go crazy. I'll drown it out. Well, do something. I've got the lovely bunch of coke. It stopped. Oh, good. Well, don't you stop. That was pretty. Well, all right. Oh, I've got a lovely bunch of cutie nuts. There they are, standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. Oh, I've got a lovely bunch of cutie nuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball. Roll a ball, a ball. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Hi there, you are, my lad. Step right up here. I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, all, all up, stand up in a great big row. I got big ones and small ones. Some of them as big as your blasted head. Yeah, you give them a twist and a flick of the rest. Oh, what lovely fun. I've got a lovely bunch of nuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife, the idol of me life. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Sing and roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a ball, a ball. Roll a ball, a ball, sing it, roll a ball, a ball, a penny a pitch. Oh, my dear, how was that, honey? Oh, wonderful. Oh, darn. Yes, Walt? Helen, you put Diamond on the line. It's Walt, dear. Oh, never mind him. Come here, honey. Oh. Hello. Hello. Helen, did you hang up? Helen, put Rick on this phone. This is Fu Wong. Missy Diamond, not so very dead. Bye. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ed Begley played Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Francis Robinson, Larry Dobkin, Ann Morrison, and Charles Seal. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Tonight's show was written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. Dick Powell currently may be seen in the motion picture version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Later today on most of these NBC stations, you'll want to hear two great stars, Kirk Douglas and Walter Houston, in the Theater Guild on the Air presentation of Heaven Can Wait, this is the comedy fantasy which you may have seen as the motion picture, Here Comes Mr. Jordan. It's a great comedy, yours for the listening, today on Theater Guild on the Air. And for another fine mystery program today on NBC, listen later to The Adventures of Sam Spade as Sam slams his way through another of his amusing and mystifying capers. Hear the lovely duet from Madam Butterfly on Harvest of Stars, next on NBC. William Gargan stars as Barry Craig, confidential investigator. <laughs>
The trouble with murder as a business is that very few of the men who take it up have any judgment. Sooner or later, they run it right into the ground. The National Broadcasting Company presents William Gargan in another transcribed drama of mystery and adventure with America's number one detective, Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Barry Craig speaking. With the weather what it is, a smart operator would be spending his evenings indoors, parked near the steam heat, with a glass in his hand and a small warm glow in the region of his lower chest. I guess I don't qualify. I still like to take walks. Around about this time of the night, there's not much on the street. The air's cold and clean. It's nice to find out you have a pair of lungs which can use that air. Hey, you! Me? Hold it, eh? Hold what? Ah, the lippy type, huh? No, no, just not quick, that's all. You're Craig. That's more or less what I answer to. I got a job for you. Hmm, I'd better make a note of it. What the devil you took? How often does a job come running after I'd a man? Save the conversation for a friend, Craig. You would like to make a couple of hundred easy? Me and most of the adult male population of the United States? Take this. This? Hmm, a small puppet. Come to think of it, uh, are there any big puppets? You deliver that, that's all. Two hundred. I deliver it to who? The name is Ann Kelly. She wants a puppet? She'll be very happy to get that one, see? Uh, not exactly, but uh, there are lots of Kellys in the phone book. And this time of night, she'll be at Easy's open house. It's a clip joint over in the East 80s. She helps Easy keep the house open? She helps him keep it filled. What does she use, a hook? You catch her routine, you'll be able to add it up for yourself. That's in addition to the 200? Yeah. I don't see the 200 yet. It's on your office desk. It's going to get awful dusty. You know, the last time I looked, I didn't notice any money on that desk. It's there now. But don't try to collect it, see? Not till after you deliver the puppet. Makes a kind of sense. Do I give Miss Kelly your regards along with the puppet? Do you know whose regards to give her? No. Well, then you better skip it. Now, you can make the joint in maybe 15 minutes. I wouldn't be happy about you dragging it out. Craig always keeps his clients happy. I'll get it to her in 15 minutes. So long. I uh, wouldn't bother remembering the license plate. You wouldn't? No, they don't belong to the car. Well, that's so. Ah, uh, even more than that. Yeah? The car don't belong to me. I didn't bother about the license plates. I always believe a client, even if he happens to be a mug. This one was. But he wasn't a liar. Easy's open house was over in the East 80s, and it was open. Aunt Kelly wasn't at the moment helping keep the house open. I ducked a head waiter and headed for the dressing room. One of the advantages of being a confidential investigator, you always know where the back rooms are, if you can call it an advantage. One of the doors had a gray slip of paper glued to it. The name on the paper was Ann Kelly. I didn't have to think about it much. The slip of paper had started out in life nice and white. Practicing how to be a drummer, boy? That, I decided, was an invitation to come in. Ann Kelly had started out in life nice and clean. We all do. In her case, she'd held on to a little of that niceness, cleanness. A little. What happened to you? You lost your table or something? No. I'm on display out on the floor, not back here, mister. My name's Barry Craig. Well, that's a very fine name. I'll write home and tell Mother all about it. You're Ann Kelly. I'm not the king of France. But I guess you could tell that. They haven't got a king in France. Oh, no. I'm here on a job. Really? It's an odd kind of job. You want to cry on my shoulder about it? It's a nice shoulder, but... Uh, offhand, there wouldn't uh, seem to be anything wrong with the job. Then why don't you do it? Yeah. It's in my pocket here. Your job? The most important part of it. Uh, I was instructed to deliver it to you. 
this. That. That. A puppet. Here. Oh, no. No. Miss Kelly. My client had said Ann Kelly would be very happy to get the puppet. He was wrong. Unless every time Ann Kelly got happy, she passed out. Miss Kelly. Miss Kelly. Kelly, you're on. Kelly. I don't like to be nasty, Kelly, but the customers are impatient. Oh, oh. She fainted. Really, sir, you shouldn't. I mean, after all. I didn't. Oh. You easy? I beg your pardon. You meant, uh, am I Mr. Easy? That's what I meant. Well, I'm so sorry, I'm not. I'm Osborne. Oh, don't fret about it. Where can I find Easy? Oh, his office is down the hall. Oh, what a delightful puppet. You must have dropped it? No. Well, I mean, is it yours? No. Well, it must be Kelly's then. Fancy. I'm too busy right now. Better hang around until she comes to, huh? Well, I suppose I must. Yeah. I didn't spend any time thinking. I hadn't anything to think about. The hallway back at the club was a carbon copy of the mall. Shabby, the walls greasy with ancient dirt. The light bulb overhead not putting up much of a fight. Easy's office wasn't hard to find. That figured. Light leaked out from under the door. Somebody was in. The door was locked. Osborne could have been lying. Impatient, friend? He wasn't. Mr. Easy was at home. But why the delay? The strong, silent type, friend? The name's Craig. I think I'd like you using it better than friend. I'll try to remember. You coming in, Craig? If you don't mind. So, now what? Just information. What do you know about Ann Kelly? Why do I discuss her with you? I'm on a job. And it could turn out pretty nasty. And it could be the Kelly girl doesn't deserve it. She appeals to you? That could be arranged. <laughs> You got a heavy hand, friend. Lay off the friend, huh? Going around protecting virtue? You're a little late with Kelly. I asked you a question. So you did. I, uh... No. The desk drawer stays shut. I don't want to admire your gun. About the girl. She works here. The customers like her. I pay her a hundred and a quarter a week, period. How'd you come to hire her? She dropped in, asked for an audition, and she got it, so she got the job. Nice and neat. Don't try to make a thing of a girl passing out, Craig. Kelly happens to pass out easy. How'd you know she fainted? You stole me outside the door. Come on. I like it here. I said, come on. All right. Take your hands off. I'm coming. Thanks. Stole me outside your door. Stole me in your office. You knew about her fainting. The pretty boy must have fallen from her dressing room. This one. What's the idea of busting in here? You're not Ann Kelly. Of course she isn't, Craig. I could have told you that before you half knocked the door down. Hold on. Yeah. The same room. A hunk of paper with her name on it was torn off the door. Look, Craig, the little lady here is dressing for her act. We're in her way. This was Aunt Kelly's dressing room up until a couple of minutes ago. You're crazy. I'm beginning to think you've never even seen her. Where is she, Easy? She finished her last show for the night, probably on her way home. No. Well, the little lady could start screaming. That would bring us lots of company. Yeah. So it's going to be this way. I never saw Aunt Kelly. She wasn't here. I never handed her a... Wait a minute. What's this? That? Looks like a puppet to me. Whose puppet? How would I know? Maybe it belongs to Susie, does it, Susie? Yeah. There you are, Craig. Well? A nice snooker play. Shunt Craig off in a corner, get Kelly out of the place, and... Okay. Excuse me, little uh, lady. Craig. Yeah? I don't want any trouble. I don't know what you think you saw. Make it short. But uh, if you want to look through the place, it's okay with me. Thanks. I'm not much good at closing stable doors, though. So long, Easy. I was in a hurry. And Kelly wouldn't be in the phone book. I needed help. A confidential investigator isn't much good on a big deal in a hurry, whatever the book says. I yelled for help to the cops. Lieutenant Rogers. Hmm? Oh, Craig the perambulating operative. Take it easy, Trav, and don't forget, I never went to college. Will anyone ever forget I did? Lead a clean life, and maybe they will. Trav, I need help in a hurry. What kind of help? I want a girl named Ann Kelly found, and found fast. What's special about her? 
She faints when you shove a puppet under her nose. I feel something like that about puppets myself. You're not joking? No. All right. We'll go see what the boys in the back room are having. What uh, can you give me on her? She's an entertainer at Easy's Open House. So far, pretty bad. I've got a feeling she's in the wrong place. Chivalry, Barry? It's part of a job. I beg your pardon. I almost insulted you by implying you have a heart. Everybody's got a heart. All it does is pump the blood around. I was hired to deliver a puppet to her. She took one look at it and passed out. I went visiting Easy. Not a nice man. No. He stalled me. By the time I realized it and shot back to the girls' dressing room, they'd planted somebody else there. The girl was gone. Uh, you uh, stop here. I'll go inside, find out if there's a record on her. You sit down and write out a nice description. You might feed a pretty boy named Osborne to your men, too. Works for easy. Osborne. Sit down, Barry. Get that description done. Uh, no poetry, though. Poetry? What's that? Trav didn't need a written description. He just thought it might be a good idea if I had something to do while I was waiting. I guess it showed pretty plainly. I didn't bother with the description. I just waited. Barry? Yeah? Nothing on Kelly. No record. You got that description done? She's blonde, blue-eyed, medium height, in her 20s. What good would it do you? No good. Come on. Come on where? Osborne's in the books. I've got an address for him. All right. On our way over, you can tell me about who hired you for the puppet delivery. Yeah. I'll tell you something in return for it. You will? What about? Puppets. We climbed into Lieutenant Rogers' car and went away from headquarters. My story didn't take up very much time. You never got a good look at your client, then? No, I'd recognize him, but... Uh, maybe it'll come out in the wash. Or perhaps we can correlate a couple of stories. You're speaking to somebody who had his troubles with the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I imagine the eighth grade had more trouble with you. Barry, about a year ago, the department became indirectly interested in the puppet show. Homicide? Homicide. The primary interest was by the treasury. Seems a couple of people who were very good with puppets also did pretty well with distributing counterfeit money. Peculiar tie-up. No, no. The puppets work with a tent show. A tent show is always moving. It's every part of the country. Its customers keep changing. It's not a bad center for distribution. I guess not. The puppets were handled by a couple of people. A blonde girl named Anne Keegan and her father. Keegan? Kelly? A possibility. However, the treasury started pressing. Things happened. There was no direct evidence about the girl, but... Her father was definitely implicated, along with a couple of men in the background. One to supply the counterfeit, the other to run the whole operation. They had names? The manufacturer was called Dalgos. The man in charge may have been John Easy. May have been? No evidence. Dalgos served a year on an old charge. The operation was broken up, but uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollars in very good counterfeit currency disappeared at the time. And somebody's looking for it now. You said homicide was interested? Yes. The girl's father was cracking under the pressure. He was ready to confess. But someone got to him before then. And he died? He died. Jigsaw puzzles are fun working out. You keep looking at the pieces, and after a while, you begin putting them together. You have your problems, but pretty soon you lick them, and then you're finished. But suppose you don't like the picture you wind up with. Osborne's got an apartment in this house. He tie in with the tent show deal? No evidence. Hmm. Osborne. Osborne, yes. Apartment 1C. Would be on the ground floor. Convenient. You probably think you're being cynical, but you're right. For a criminal, the ground floor is definitely convenient. I'm bright without knowing it, huh? <laughs> uh, about the only way I'm bright. Your modesty is becoming. How accurate it is. No knock? No knock. This one ought to do it. 
We uh, won't loiter until invited. Yes. Yes, what? The room's empty. But the lights are on. Door on the opposite wall. Shut. However. Hmm. Bedroom. And... Not empty. That's your friend, Osborne? She's not nearly so pretty anymore. The girl. No sign of her in here. Nor in the living room. The bathroom. No. Now the body's still warm. Window open. Alley. Anything besides the garbage cans? Sure. Ash cans. Phone? No. Back in the living room. Nice apartment. A modilani on the wall. Modern furniture. With thick walls. The shots weren't hurt. A what on the wall? That painting. Looks more French than Italian. Mm-hmm. You knew who Modilani was all along. Oh, well. We'll have company in a few minutes. The girl must have decided she didn't care for Osborne's hospitality. Barry! Barry, come back here. I don't want you sticking that thick neck of yours out. Barry! I wasn't in the mood for company. Besides, everything had gone too smooth too fast. The cops would have a time breaking things out into the open. They were dealing with professionals. Me? Maybe I wouldn't be figured close. I never won any medals for brilliance. It might be a help. Everything had happened in a hurry. The man who'd handed me the puppet that started everything had mentioned how smart I'd be if I stayed away from my office until my job was done. That meant a man would be watching it. Maybe nobody had notified him I'd finished my job. Maybe he'd still be watching the office. He was there. He wasn't happy about it either. That was a cold doorway he was holding down. Me? I picked another doorway and waited. I wait very good. One of these days, I'm going to start a movement to have all doorways heated. If I ever thaw out. A car came down the street. A quick look told me it was the same one I'd seen the boy with the puppet riding. I let it pass me. And made my car. Watched the car up ahead stop for the mug on sentry duty. He climbed in. Everything was okay now. Craig could go upstairs and collect his 200. But Craig had other ideas. They weren't expecting company. They weren't very careful. They let a straight run downtown and over towards the harbor. They pulled the car up into an alley, left it there, and used their feet. It wasn't a long walk. They used a stoop, went into a house that was young and fresh, maybe when the last century died, and shut the door behind them. Force of habit got me to the back door. There wasn't a cop in sight. I leaned on the door. It opened. They were pretty sure of themselves. Downstairs was nothing much. A couple of empty rooms, one that wasn't empty. Two mugs, neither of whom interested me. I tried to stand. Nobody was worried. I got to the top. Things improved up there. If you could call it an improvement... Waterworks don't make much of an impression on me, kid. I don't know what you want. In a pig's eye, you... I already told you. Sure, and I already didn't believe you. I can't. I got lots more. Well? I could open the door and walk in. I might live long enough to identify my client, but not long enough to do the girl much good. I ain't got all year. I need the green stuff. I got sent up. The cop took over my equipment. I need the green stuff. I pass it on back in business again. You wouldn't want to stand in my way, would you? I never knew anything about Sure, sure, it was your old man. Remember what happened to him? You... It could happen to you. What was the smart move? Get out of there and yell for the cops? Maybe they would have showed up in time. But who's smart? <laughs> Hello, Dalgus. Private eye. What? 
I don't like the way you treat women, Dalgus. I'm firing you as a client. Okay, you've been funny. Now talk straight. That was straight. What are you waiting for, a medal? I'll take Ann Keegan instead. You know who I am. It's been a lousily kept secret. Excuse me for interrupting, but I ain't giving out Ann Keegan's tonight. Just one will be enough. You packing a rod, Snoop? What do you think? I think you ain't. Otherwise, you'd be showing. So... I can break you in half before you get yours out. Maybe. But the boy's downstairs. What do you think they'll be doing? You'd be dead before they got here. Maybe. Maybe not. But after they got here, you would be dead. And the girl, she might not be so lucky. We've both got something. Oh, you got your prayer. No. You haven't yelled for help yet. I so what? So you're afraid of what I'd do to you before they got here? I'm just hanging around waiting to see how bright you are. We'll leave it at that. I'm not at all bright. I want the girl. Nah. We've both got something. You've got the boys downstairs. Me? I've got the green stuff. The 200 grand in counterfeit money. Hey, where did you... Not here, not on me. How foolish do you think I am? You're running a nice bluff. No bluff. Ann, how'd you get your job at the open house? I... After my father was killed, Easy offered it to me. He used to be a friend of my father's. He said he'd look after me. I'll bet he did. None of this tells me where the stuff is. Nobody's telling you. Not till the girl and I are out of here. You take me for a second? You picked the girl up after she left the nightclub. You sent me to her with a puppet. You figured it would frighten her and make her run. Hey, you're not telling me anything I don't know. Yes, I am. Was anyone with her? Yeah. Yeah, cute little fella. I didn't have any trouble with him. His name's Osborne. I ain't anxious for an introduction. You uh, picked up something else when you picked Dan up. Yeah? A murder rap. That's supposed to be funny. A murder rap for who? Osborne. What are you talking about? All I did was push him around a little. When the cops found him, he'd been pushed around a lot. But half a dozen thirty-two caliber lead-nosed slugs. Oh, what's that got to do with... You've got it all now. How do you like it? I don't like it. At all. You've got one chance of beating that rap. Yeah, huh? Keeping the girl and me alive. How would that happen? I can clear you if I want to. But it'll cost you. Cost me what? $200,000 in counterfeit money. It took him a little time to decide. Him a little time and me a lot of sweat. But then he came around. Halfway. He let Ann go. She went. But me? Me he was holding on to until I could produce the counterfeit money and the out for a murder rap. I got a gun on you and I keep it on you. The boys cover the open house front and back. Any funny business? I know, I know. Yeah, but you ain't sure. You can be sure. With that wrap right in my shoulders, what have I got to lose? What do you want me to do? Turn green with fright? Well, we've arrived. What do you know? Hey, Sam, get out first. Cover a big boy from the outside, huh? Ah, uh, you go out, Craig. Thanks. Me with you. We walk nice and close together. The gun right under your ribs. You wouldn't think of a quick rustle. Trigger's shade goes off if I breathe too hard. It's all built up. Let's go, huh? Sam, you take the bank. Big boy walks out without me. He gets it hard. You stay out here, beef. Same order for you. Come on, Craig. That joint ain't open. Not for business. There's a back office. Yeah. That's where we do business? Right. We go in. They don't smell good in here. You ever been in a place that did? You watch it. I am so easy. Easy reminds me. Ever know a man named Easy? Nah. You're going to. Come on. Light through that door. The one we want. I don't think we knock. Hello, Easy. Craig. And... Hey. What did you call him? Easy. John Easy. Any objections? Well, the name's Marlowe. Ain't it, Marlowe? Hello, Douglas. 
Long time no see. Not such a long time, a one-year stretch. And that's over. I'm pleased for you. Though I can't say I approve of the company you're keeping. Hey, never mind that. I got a gun on him. But what about... He's the man that worked with you and Keegan before you were sent up, Dalton? Sure. He's the man gave Ann Keegan a job here because he used to be a friend of her father. Nothing wrong with that. Except who killed Ann Keegan's father, Dalgus? Uh, I don't know. Did you? You're fishing for what? The truth. I don't think you killed him, Dalgus. Thanks for nothing. But who did? Who does it have to be? Dalgus, why my office? I mean, if you enjoy playing games with this thick-headed idiot... I, I don't think you killed Osborne either, Dalgus. But uh, look when Osborne died. Immediately after your release from jail. And under what circumstances? When he was supposedly hiding Ann Keegan out. What does that add up to? Your conviction, because you wound up with Ann Keegan. Well, that much I know. What you're handing me now John is... John some... Easy, alias Marlowe. He had the motive. He'd latched onto the $200,000. He knew you'd be after Ann as soon as you got out. That's why he hired her. So he could use her for a bait. A bait for a trap in which he could break your neck. It could be that way. Douglas. Yeah? You got your gun on, Craig? Yeah. Then you won't be able to do very much about this, will you? What? Yeah, my gun pointing at you. As far as yours is concerned, shoot Craig or not as you please. Why, you dirty... You're using that gun on Craig? No? Then suppose you drop it. Okay. Mr. Craig is unfortunately right. Too bad you had to get him involved in this, Dalgos. Otherwise, you'd have a little longer to live. Not much, but every hour counts, doesn't it? You've got that, Dalgos. Of course I have, and I'll have fun spending it with caution. I'll think of you often, Dalgos. You can't afford it. Sure I can. Craig tracked you down. You and he had a gunfight. You both got killed. Who knows? Craig might even get a medal. It'll work, Dalgos. I don't think so. What? Drop it. I said... What? Hi, Barry. Hello and welcome, Trav. Mr. Easy, or I guess I should say Marlowe, will live long enough. The uh, counterfeit money? In his safe, I guess. Oh, we'll find out. Are you waiting for anything, Dalgos? Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've got a few policemen outside. They've collected his associates. I think they'll be pleased to pick him up. He's managed to acquire a few brand new charges in a very short time. Thanks for showing up on time. I was beginning to wonder if you ever would. You were gambling on the girl, weren't you? Uh-huh. But she was honest that she'd come straight to us it and... Paid off, didn't it? She's waiting for you at headquarters. She wants to see you. Barry, when you get to her, I think you'll first realize just how well it paid off. Hmm. Good night, folks. See you next week. You've been listening to William Gargan in another exciting transcribed mystery drama from the adventures of Barry Craig, confidential investigator. Tonight's story, A Very Odd Job, was written by Lou Vittis. Next week, it's the strange story titled Diary of Death, about which Barry Craig has this to say. Next week, murder counts to a bloody three when three pieces of a treasure map that should lead to a great fortune only leads to greater misfortune. See you next week, folks. Featured in the role of Anne was Elspeth Eric. Barry Craig, starring William Gargan, was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Don Pardo speaking. Now, Robert Montgomery presents something different in news analysis on NBC. That's Case Closed for this week. You can find more from Richard Diamond, Barry Craig, past episodes of this show, thousands of other old-time radio shows at relicradio.com. You'll also find our Shoutcast stream there up and running, and you can donate through the website if you'd like to help support this and all of the Relic Radio shows. Your support makes it all possible. My thanks, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed.